Hi. You guys want some cookies? 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 Welcome back to the garage. Welcome to another edition of the Throwback Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined as I always am by my bosom buddy, Bubby Castrone. Hey, Bob. Hey, Dan. How are you tonight? Great. Great. We are in uncharted territory here, Bob. Saturday night recording in the garage, pod two. Late night recording starting around 11 p.m. <laughs> it's going to get nasty. It's going to get fucking wild. It's going to get nasty. Everybody going to take their titties out. <laughs> My titties are out. This is, but you know what? This is the purest form. Take out your dicks and titties. <laughs> <laughs> just one other guy in the garage. <laughs> there's no titties. There's, well, technically. And there's just uh, one guy that I'm calling out to take his dick out. <laughs> that's harassment. No, that's harassment. <laughs> no, this is the uh, purest form of the throwback podcast. We we started this thing to listen to music in a garage and drink beer as an excuse to get away from our families and lives. And that's what we're doing. Hey, Bobby, take out your titties <laughs> and your dick. I don't have titties, dude. Our neighbor just, or my neighbor, <laughs> is like, well, I knew it. Uh, yeah. So here we are, Bob. It's time for another listener's choice. Yes, every month we go to patreon.com slash throwbackpod and we ask our Patreones to vote in a poll to decide what album we're going to cover. And this month, the Patreones, it was the Alt Nation poll. I love when you give them uh, titles. It's so cute. I know you do. The Alt Nation poll, where we threw out four alt acts from the early, actually throughout the 90s, and uh, we had them vote. And garbage. I mean, yes, yes, Bob. Go ahead. Come garbage on. Get one. It out. Get it out. I'm trying to pull it up while I do this. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know as you try to pull up stuff on Wikipedia, you ramble and meander, and that's okay. I do it once, and I get called out for Professional vamping versus an amateur. <laughs> uh, yes, I feel like the final vote was total garbage. Nicely done. There it is. It, Nailed it. It was a close one. Garbage came in first. The Goo Goo Dolls would dizzy up the girl. How close were, were the Goos? Buffalo's were, uh, finest. They were... They were close, but they couldn't pull it off. How many votes away? Like three. I don't know. Oh, it was really bummer. close. I This is the second straight uh, listeners poll where I'm disappointed in the listeners because it was probably my fourth choice. I'm just going <laughs> to be completely honest, but I don't have any problems with garbage. Uh, but did I kind of want to talk about the Goo Goo Dolls, strangely? Yeah, I got to say. I want to get a little dizzy up the girl action. In third place, better than Ezra, Friction, comma, baby. I mean, that's fine. I like that album a lot, but no one would have ever listened to that show. No, that's fair. <laughs> and uh, last place, the Jim Blossoms with new miserable experience. Yeah, that might be, Bob, that might come down to you uh, doing a uh, dealer's choice because the listeners have made it clear they don't want it. Yeah, no, and I, I think could it's... Liver, I could live without it, but if you really want no, it, I, we will do Gin Blossoms. I don't need it. I think it's out of the mix now. I will say out of these four albums, though, I feel like that's the only one that has some sort of, a, like a decent amount of cred to it in that sort of like, well, oh... let's be careful here. I'm being careful. I'm towing a line. I think it has like that early 90s, like, oh, that was a big album. I'm just saying it's not, you know, it's not Revolver. It's that's, a Jim Blossoms that hit from the early 90s. That's your opinion. That I mean, I like the Jim Blossoms a lot. I so I'll shut up. But we did the Empire Records soundtrack a couple months back. So, so we already we, we already hit, hit their Blossoms. we already hit their best song. How hard do we have to hit them? Says the guys that are going to be doing their like fourth Oasis album in a couple <laughs> weeks. <laughs> yeah, so that's fine. It's fine that they didn't get it. They're out now. It's kind of like Hall of Fame voting in baseball. They didn't hit the threshold. They're done no, now. They, we, you fall off the ballot eventually. Yeah, they're off the ballot. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to Garbage uh, talking about this album, the, their first album, self-titled Eponymous. Is that what they say? It is, Eponymous. Um, which is an interesting word. I'm fine with it. Uh, so we're going to get into that. I'm excited. Uh, it came out in... You want to guess? This is tough. Uh, 95. That is right. This is going to be just a total guess. I will say March 1995. Okay. August 1995. Okay. August 15th, 1995. You want to guess what happened on August 14th, 1995, Dan? 
Kurt Cobain killed himself. <laughs> Good guess, but no. Blur and Oasis released singles on the same day. Roll With It and Country House. Yes, that is Country correct. Country House did outpace Roll With It, uh, but it was kind of a, as they call, a Pyrrhic victory because What's the Story was by far the better, uh, more popular, more long-lasting album. And Roll With It was like the seventh best, best song on What's the Story. Yeah. And Country House, we did that album on the show, right? No, no, we did Park Life. That was off of uh, another. Fuck album. Blur, fuck Park Life, <laughs> fuck Country House. This is an Oasis podcast. I'm mad for it. Yeah. There you go. Also, uh, more importantly than that, Blind Melon's Soup came out that day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> also, in the month of August 1995. Will you stop talking about Blind Melon on this podcast? Never. Oh, my God. Mike Tyson returned to the ring. In August Peter McNeely. That is correct. Oh, the Irish Hurricane, I think he was. <laughs> he got knocked out in the first round. Yeah, do you, do you remember how long it took? Just throwing it out uh, there? I would guess uh, it was probably about... Because McNeely, I remember I actually taped the fight. So I watched it maybe 10 years ago. Um, it, he went right after Tyson, and I respected McNeely for that, that big Mick bastard. <laughs> and uh, he uh, probably lasted, I'm going to say, 70 seconds. 38 seconds. Oh, was that quick? <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> McNeely got a Pizza Hut commercial out of it, I remember. Yeah. No, he, he was a good foe. Like He really played it off going into it, and then he just got destroyed. Yeah, good for Peter, though, that he got that, he got that book. He got a little something out of it. Uh, the big news of the month, though, Dan, I know this affected you. Jerry Garcia of the Grateful Dead passed away of a heart attack at the age of 53. Right. I hope Mickey Mantle's in this, too, because it was the same day. And Mickey Mantle. Oh, Bob. The Mick, number seven. Um, my grandfather, Poppy, rest in peace. Uh, Mickey same Mantle day? was, no, but <laughs> Mickey Mantle was my father's hero, like right. our equivalent of Don Mattingly. And um, Poppy was an interesting man. And maybe the, not the not the warmest man, and the memory uh, that he never called anybody on the phone. He never picked up the phone and made phone calls, uh, but he did call that day uh, to talk to my father and said, "Did you hear your hero died?" <laughs> wow, <laughs> pretty amazing. That's a pretty great phone call. All right, Poppy, love you, buddy. Movies that came out that month. Do you remember when Poppy? Um, walked into the garage in Belmar when we were yes. hanging out with those girls. And he it's an iconic line in my family. He came in because he thought we were like fucking all these girls. Was, yeah, we had uh, my friend Hot Katie right? from Towson And our friend there. Chrissy. And, Chrissy. and these were all right. attractive women, but there was no carnal relations. But my grandfather had it in his head for some reason that we were just, it was just a, a gangbang going on in this this uh, outfitted garage. I like that Delmar. your grandfather was giving us credit, like that we were like able to pull these beautiful women. Right. And Poppy stormed in and he goes, what are you doing here? This isn't your place in the sun. It's <laughs> like, Poppy, what the fuck? He was right, though. It wasn't. Well, my poor grandmother, Granby, also rest her soul. She had to, uh, I went in the house and I was like, Granby. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Not those words exactly, but, <laughs> but that roughly. was the sentiment. And then Grammy came in, and she was trying so hard. Uh, she came and said, "I'm sorry, he's sick. He's sick. Don't get you know. Don't get mad. Don't leave." <laughs> what a night! What a night! And didn't get any pussy. I didn't get the pussy. <laughs> no, and it wasn't his fault either. No, no, he didn't hurt it. But at it's, all. it is a good call, Bob. That. Uh, at least there was an assumption he thought that it was just yeah. a Roman orgy going on in the garage. <laughs> we were playing asshole, uh, the card game. Exactly. Movies that came out that month, Mortal Kombat. This isn't your place in the sun. What the fuck did that even mean? It makes perfect sense and no sense at all at the same time. My pa it was my parents' beach house, essentially, too. <laughs> so it kind of was my place. All right, go right. on. Dangerous Minds. Okay. Virtuosity, which I'll always remember. <laughs> Being at a store in the mall, the Nanuet Mall, and uh, Hot 97 was on. Yeah. And the DJ said, all right, coming up, you can win tickets to the new Denzel movie, Verocity. And I'll never not think of that. There's, that's the only thing. That's the only memorable thing about that movie. <laughs> it was like a virtual reality Denzel picture yeah. that did shit box office. Uh, but that one DJ saying Verocity, <laughs> Verocity. is memorable. Uh, and Babe also came out that month. With the pig. With the pig. They everybody, the pig. You know, everybody had to calm down about the, that. Movie. People really fucking love that pig. The talking pig. 
It was a simpler time. It was very 90s. Very 90s. And speaking of very 90s, the number one song in America when... And speaking and listen, of, it's the Saturday night second show, so everybody can <laughs> shut the fuck up. And speaking of very 90s, the number one song in America when Garbage's self-titled debut album came out Stop was talking this over one. The, the, the song. No, that's how you do it. But, right up until this. But in, that, in this case, maybe just let the song No. Go. Boom. You have time now, but No, you now do I don't again? want to anymore. I don't want to anymore. Don't you tell me how to podcast. I've done like 67 of these now. How many have you done? Hey, coming up next, you got tickets to the new Denzel film, Verwacity. But first, the new single by TLC, Waterfalls. That's how you do it. It's good. Huge hit! I, right up uh, a couple weeks ago, we did uh, the '93 countdown, right? And I will always love you by Whitney. I proclaim the biggest moment in uh, pop music of the decade. This song is on the short list of the biggest songs of the night. Absolutely, this was tremendous and deservedly so. It's a fun song. It's telling a story about. Uh, did you say it's a fun song? It's a pretty heavy. Telling song, a story, especially the video too. About uh, people dying. Nobody doesn't. This song doesn't go well for anyone, especially the video. Another one. It was at the peak of, or kind of like at the end of, like the heyday of, do not fuck under any circumstances. Right. You will get AIDS. Yep. That was the message. If you were born when we were in 1980, magic catches the bug in November '91, or he announces it, uh, and then every health class. From that point for the next five years was basically, you want to fuck? You get the bug. You're going to die. You're going to die. Yeah. So this uh, video had told three stories, right? There was one yep. about a, a drive-by shooting, I believe. It was like a drug dealer, I think. A and drug then, deal uh, gone bad. And then one of them is like the white dude banging the white lady. Three letters put him to his final resting place. Right. And he's looking in the mirror Which and is, he there's, a there's a There's a letter discrepancy there because... It would be AIDS that kills him, not HIV. But that the virus that that's causes perfect AIDS. for the time though. It's basically it's like if you catch HIV, you're done. You're dead. Meanwhile, right. Magic's still banging right now. Like, he's killing he's it. He's flying right now. <laughs> he owns like two teams. He owns the fucking Dodgers, <laughs> and he's like the GM of the Lakers. Like Magic's fine. Oh, here's Lisa Lefta. <laughs> Is true, only my faith can undo the many chances I blew to bring my life to an end. Clear blue and unconditional skies have dried the tears from my eyes. No more lonely cries. My only leading hope is for the folk who can't cope with such an enduring pain that it keeps them in the pouring rain. Who's to blame for two and gain it to your own vein? What a shame you should This, you know, when a song is as big as Waterfalls was, it gets played on every radio station, and this was the so played the so, the part of the song that was cut out of the WPLJ version of the song. Yes, which they is would racist. always they would always leave that out. So racist, it's so racist. Um, CeeLo does backing Vox on this. Really, I never knew that. Um, Skilo or CeeLo? CeeLo. What was CeeLo doing? He was collecting residuals for I wish, and that's it. All right, there you go. How about that? 95. What a monster, monster song that was. Do you remember That's where you? Song. Do you remember where you were when Lisa Left and Lopez died? Is that a no? You don't know? I actually don't know. Okay. I, I might have been at work at this PR firm I worked at at the time. It was like 2003 or so. Like 2002. It was 2001. No, 2002, early 02, because I know where I was. Where it was my you? first time ever in California. 
I had flown out here to Coachella and we landed and that night we turned on the TV and Lisa Lefty Lopez was dead. Mm. Sucks. Yeah. I mean, if you're driving a car in Honduras, I feel like there's an 80% chance you die. Right. That's why I don't go. Don't go. There you go, Bob. Super Vixen. That's some Butch Vig production bullshit right there. <laughs> Butch Vig, who produ- produced Nevermind by Nirvana, was in the band. He was the tall, skinny, bald guy with the goatee. Yeah, and this whole first song, it just sounds to me like Butch Vig is like, pay attention to the production of this album. Right. Look the what I'm doing. Quiet, loud, dynamic. Yeah. Um, interesting... Garbage is an interesting band. They, I don't know kind of the, their history, how it all came together, but Shirley Manson obviously was like the face of the band. And I had a huge Shirley Manson thing in the 90s. She's on Mount Rushmore, Bob. Oh, Can't take her off. absolutely on Mount Rushmore. Um, and then they had, uh, oh, she was, I think, Scottish, right? Yes. And then, or Welsh, figure that out. And then there were American dudes, including Vig. She is Scottish, Bob. Um, and there wasn't a lot. We've talked about this with, uh, I think, the Alanis Morissette pod. There wasn't a ton of female voices on alternative rock radio. Right. Who did you have? You had, no doubt, Alanis. Maybe throw the Breeders in there. Breeders. Uh, Veruca Salt. Veruca Salt. Luscious Jackson. Luscious Jackson. But, I mean, we're already oh, yeah. at the point of, like, diminishing returns. Elastica. <laughs> People were pumped up about Elastica. Yeah. Um, but Garbage, like, they kind of came and she she filled that that spot. And um, I got to say, like, I had never heard anything on this album that wasn't a single. So I'm kind of listening to it right now with fresh ears. How about you? Yeah, same thing. I mean, they were, the singles on this album were huge. And I think we're going to get into one next, but they were, unlike those other bands we just mentioned, they were able to stick around for a while and have multiple really big hits. They've sold over 17 million albums worldwide, which I actually think I thought would be low a little bit, but they were very much an alternative act. They didn't have a ton of like pop crossover. Yeah, I was going to say that's higher than I would have thought. Interesting. Uh, Yeah. Like, uh, but you're right. They they had essentially two monster albums. Mm-hmm. This and then about three years later, I think 2.0. It was called version 2.0. Yeah, 2.0. I did own. This one I did not. Did you have their third album, Beautiful Garbage? I did not have Beautiful Garbage. What about their fourth album, Bleed Like Me? Oh, that's actually a good song. I remember that one. What about their greatest hits? They really leaned into this. Their greatest hits album was called Absolute Garbage. <laughs> when you have a name like Garbage, you just run it to the finish line. You just keep on going. Just pound it into the ground. All right. So that's Super Vixen. Track two is definitely um, might be my favorite song by theirs. And it's a, the, the introduction uh, for me to Garbage was this. song is so hot this is so hot so and that hot. video i still remember the video just black and white she's singing to camera and this was the introduction I, I assume it's their first single but this is how the first time i ever heard garbage uh yeah because they had maybe bigger hits off this album but um this song 
was kind of like my favorite of the songs that got big. Um, it is actually the third single bump. Really? We'll, we'll That's dig so into weird. that. Yeah. Uh, including probably their biggest hit off the album came before this. But I kind of, for some reason, I remember I this. I remember this one kind of coming first. As being like the one that maybe was on Alternative Nation. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe they were just getting a little play on Alternative Stations. Uh, this song is like super kind of sexual and fun. And in the video, yeah, there's some, it's like a first person view of, I think she is kind of attacking a dude, as I recall. Sounds right. Yeah. Or like she's chasing a guy, and you're 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 looking at it from his point of view, and it's like 1995 Shirley Manson's coming after you, and it was not a bad thing. Not a bad thing. She kind of like was big on um, heavy eyeshadow. I'm gonna she, give her credit for doing that. She invented it. She invented it. Give her credit. Uh, we like, we know a lot about uh, women's fashion <laughs> and makeup, especially. So. It is one of our expertise. Yeah. Um, so queer, yes. Yeah, this is a great. What song. is this song about? Queers? Can you say that? I don't know. Why are you? Why are you dropping like hate speech in the middle of our <laughs> show right now? The name of the song is Queer. I like this part. You can touch me if you want. This stuff was geared for fifteen-year-old boys yeah, to go it fucking nuts. It didn't work enough to get me to buy the album, but it worked enough to get me to love Shirley Manson. I like this part. One of the dudes in the band that wasn't Butch Vig and wasn't Shirley Manson said the song isn't about sex at all. It's about the loss of innocence. And you could say that and you could get on your fucking high horse about what the song's about. But this song is sex. Yeah. When you have Shirley Manson with that like breathy, sexy voice, it's about sex. Love it. That's great. And we have the Spotify playlist, Bob. That could be uh, a pound the tabler. We'll see. We'll see. Um, all right. So the uh, the first single from the album, and I don't imagine it was in the U.S. was It was it was Vow, it's called. And it's going to oh, come I up later. I do remember that. I do yeah, not yeah. recall it off the top of my head. But the second single is the one that really broke them. So let's listen to that. This is so good. Uh, I was going to say, Bob, that this is the most cliche 90s alternative rock song ever released. Were you going to say that in a bad way? Well, no, not in a bad way. That is just like lyrically. Right. The sound of it. It's just like kind of good looking rock star singing about how horrible life is. And it's got <laughs> that like kind of uh, industrial it is like, it is, guitar. It is checking all the boxes. But. As I see in our number one research uh, packet, also known as Wikipedia, that it was actually purposely, the lyrics were a parody of typically angst-filled themes of mid-90s alternative rock and a sarcastic reference to Garbage's own preference for dark themes. Hmm. So it was fucking ironic. It was ironic. And that's what they did in the 90s. They big, loved irony. Big, big, big. So that's another box they were able to check with us. They checked right. every single box possible. So there is something cliche to it that it's, let's be ironic. Right. Which was a huge thing to do in the 90s. <laughs> but in this case, it works perfectly because they got to lean into that they basically got, got to, like, what is the, what do they say? Have your cake and eat it, too? They do say that, yeah. What does that even mean? I mean, you get the cake there, and then you're eating it. But, if but you, you would think, the, like, you having already the, have it. Right, but you're not eating it yet. 
right. It's a dumb saying. But that's what they got here. They got to kind of pretend like they say they were making fun of it, but they were just leaning into it, too. It was kind of genius. They knew that most people weren't going to get the irony of it. This is just a a single. Uh, I still remember the VMAs. Or maybe it was the VMAs. It was like the movie awards, like 95, 96, where they did this. And she was wearing like a little white dress. Yes. It was like what uh, the characters of Empire Records would later wear. That's what everyone in Empire Records wore. <laughs> and it was the hottest thing at the time. Um, it's definitely of its time. It's, it's This screams 1995. If you were making one of those now, that's what I call alternative music, 1993 to 1997, this would be track one. For sure. Uh, the song also appeared in an episode of the X-Files, Terms of Endearment. Another pop culture phenomenon that I totally missed. I've X-Files? never seen an episode of X-Files. Never. Although, big into uh, Gillian Anderson in Sex Education on Netflix. She does a nice job. It's not Gillian? I, th- I think she's a Gillian. I mean, she should work on that. It's not too late to change it. Maybe she's a Gillian. I don't know. I've never said it out loud before. Um I would say that she probably does the best British accent by an American actor. I thought she was British ever. all of a sudden. I was like, wait a minute. Have I been wrong my whole life? It's so good. She nailed it. Nailed it. And she's, she's holding up well. Great show. That Gil? Gil Anderson, as I call her? G.A.? All right, here we go. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Butch Vig, uh, who is the mastermind. Is he listening? The, behind the band, yes. And he's a huge fan of the show. Oh, he cool. He's up all the time on uh, Twitter. DMs. In fact, too much. Butch, you gotta have something else going on. But uh, this album is 12 songs. Ooh. Long. So you're happy. The perfect number of tracks that's, for an album. That's what happens when the best producer of the 90s or one of the best producers, of, you know, legendary producer, puts together an album. 12 oh, songs. By the way, Nevermind by Nirvana. Ever heard of it? Produced by Butch Big. 12 songs. <laughs> he knows. I remember in uh, 2001, um, I saw um, the U2 9-11 tour. Mm-hmm. That's what they called it, too. They weren't even <laughs> hiding it at that point. This is our 9-11 tour. Um, we did it. It was the Elevation tour. And there were three opening acts in the United States for that tour. No doubt. Which I would have loved to see, mm-hmm. especially in 2001. Garbage, mm. which I would have loved to see. But I act, I caught them in this like four show interval where I guess there was, they had to find somebody else to fill in. And I got Stereophonics, which I was very bummed about initially. But then when they opened, I loved like five of the songs. And I actually became a sneaky big Stereophonics fan for a small period in the early aughts. I remember you pushing Stereophonics pretty hard in the early aughts. I mean, come on. Thousand Trees? <laughs> One of my favorite songs of the decade. Um, so I've never seen Garbage Live. That was the closest I ever came. Uh, and I don't imagine I'm going to see them now. I think they're still together, but... I think they are, yeah. Did you ever see them? No, I never saw them. Never even came close. I don't think I was ever anywhere... Shirley Manson has avoided me. Ever since nineteen, well, the restraining order probably is what right. So we've that. never been in the same city. So I don't think I'm ever going to see them live. That is as heaven is wide, and you know we've covered a lot of songs now on this podcast, Bob. Uh, that mo- might be the most forgettable song we've ever played on the show. Did you even play it? <laughs> Dirty gone. I have no <laughs> idea. Uh, everything just a um, total blank slate. <laughs> All right. Next up is not my idea. I like that title. I like your delivery too. <laughs> Unless it's not my idea. Okay. All right, here we go.
One of the stranger moments of the uh, 2018 NFL season was Monday Night Football on ESPN was just the train wreck, uh, the telecast, because they had Jason Witten, who could barely form a sentence. <laughs> uh, they had this guy Booger McFarlane in this thing. Why, that, that why, did, would, you, why would you guys do that? that Dan, was, Dan is the brain trust of the NFL. <laughs> don't you guys me. Why did you guys decide to hire a guy named Booger McFarland? Booger, I thought, was fine enough, but they put him in this contraption that became known as the Booger Mobile. See, you're just asking for it. And it just uh, drove up and down the sidelines and blocked everyone's view at the stadium and provided really no nothing to the audience at home. It was just a, you know, the ultimate gimmick uh, that just got a heaps of score. Are you guys like a multi-billion dollar Don't industry? You guys do, you really need, do you really need Booger gimmicks at this point? Come on. You're, I mean, you have to have some knowledge, Bob, of, of the industry uh, to know that this is ESPN's uh, thinking. This is not the Shield. I feel like you, this has your this has your fingerprints all over it. Um, this is really just right in your sort of wheelhouse. Like, hey, do a booger thing. Okay, but um, of all the mistakes and strange moves that they did with Monday Night Football, another one was at halftime they got into this like back themselves into this like cultural like cul-de-sac where they would have forgotten artists pop pop artists of the last 20 years 25 years show up in the city where the game was being played and it would be i guess giving local flavor so when uh they were in buffalo like goo goo dolls played clearly or when they were in i don't know fill in the blank la skilo played (laughs) clearly obviously there's nobody else to play so they're playing there's a packers game you know wisconsin and garbage plays halftime. Uh, that's like a forty-five second snippet of "Only Happy When It Rains," and I couldn't, for the life of me, wrap my head around it. Because Shirley Manson, the last thing you think about is Wisconsin, the Midwest. Turns out they were essentially a Wisconsin band. Butch, uh-huh. this other dude, Steve Marker, uh, that was in the band, Madison, Wisconsin. Okay. So it was garbage. Then they ship in Shirley. Are they the biggest band ever to come out of Wisconsin? <laughs> no, because I'm sure there's one like huge band that came out of Wisconsin that we're not even thinking of. All right, Bob, Google it. We got time. Trust me. <laughs> Up next is a stroke of luck. Maybe it's like... Uh... Famous Wisconsin rock bands. Type it in. Bob. All right, See I'll that. do that. I'll do that for you. All right, here we go. And while Bob does that, here is a stroke of luck. A stroke of luck? Was that Butch Vig or was that you? It's hard to tell. <laughs> You'll never know. I'll never know. Uh, that is a stroke of luck, Bob. All right, here, let's hear it. Most famous rock bands from Wisconsin. All right, I'm going to let you be the deciding vote on this. Okay. Was it Garbage? Garbage. The Violent Femmes. Okay, that is good. That's solid. Liberace. <laughs> Liberace is from Wisconsin. Okay. Or Steve Miller. Scott! Did you watch the Liberace HBO movie? I never did. Holy shit, Bobby. <laughs> I know, to I it. want it's to. It's fucking amazing. I know. It's, and um, not I just really because Matt Damon like, fucks Liberace in the butt. Really want to see that. I mean, which is outstanding. But the entire movie is so watchable. I really want to watch there, it. I don't know why I haven't. For movies, like there are always movies that you could watch ten times. For whatever reason, behind the cabalabra, <laughs> cannot say that word. I'll never be able to say it. Candelabra. Say candelabra? 
uh, is one of the most eminently rewatchable movies released in the last 10 years. And I stand by right, that and I'm I will in. pound the table. I over. just needed somebody to tell me that Matt Damon fucks Liberace in the butt. Scott, get back here. And Michael Douglas, you know, I don't throw this word around a lot because, you know, it's a terrible thing that when people say it, it's very cheesy. Fearless performance <laughs> as Liberace. I mean, he is, he says, you can judge me for what I'm about to do over these next 90 minutes. Uh, but I'm going to keep it real. I'm going to keep it real Liberace. And Damon is just, I mean, just great. Great movie. Anyway. Is, is Rob Lowe in this one too? Rob Lowe plays a uh, plastic surgeon. And it's basically what Rob Lowe's life would have been if he wasn't an actor. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. I'm, I'm in. Tremendous movie. So anyway. he's on the list. And uh, Steve Miller of the Steve Miller Band. Steve Miller is an asshole. Uh, <laughs> Sounds personal. I'm gonna go with Garbage, but right. a lot of people will say the Violent Femmes. That's probably the that's the hipster answer. Yeah, that's, I like that. I would. That's like the, the credentials. Like if you want to be a respected answer, you say Violent Femmes. Well, I'm sure Garbage has sold way more albums than the Violent Femmes. Liberace is not a rock artist. Correct. Although, uh, although probably the only one on the list to play at a WrestleMania. <laughs> probably. Uh, but you know what? Shirley Manson's from goddamn Scotland, so calling garbage a Wisconsin band ultimately is hollow. So yes, Violent Femmes. They yeah, are the biggest Wisconsin we did band it, Violent Femmes. We did it. Are you just rooting for them because you know how to play the song on guitar? You, we all know that. We all know I could play using two strings of a guitar. Part of Blister in the Sun. Have is we that... talked about it on this podcast that we're musicians? <laughs> Has it come up? Yeah. Let's go over it again. Uh, I don't have a ton to say about this album, Bob. So wait, far. is this Val? Yes. All right, I want to see if All I right. remember this song first. Then we're going to talk about the instruments and the songs we can We play. do this pretty much every episode at this point. <laughs> I like it a lot. I don't remember it, though. I thought I would. Oh, it doesn't ring a bell. does not ring a bell. Well, it was the first single, Bob, released on March 20th, 1995, one year to the day after WrestleMania 10. <laughs> does it say that on Wikipedia? It doesn't, but it should. Uh, what else? Is that it? I'm trying to find. It was released. In the, all right, here we go. It was the first single, Bob. Debuted on the modern rock charts here in the U.S., number 39 in mid-June. It rose to number 26 before dropping off entirely. So it essentially was like a fart in the wind right? in terms of chart performance. So for all intents and purposes, I'm only happy when it rains was the debut of this band in yeah. America. Kind of, okay, I kind of like this stuff. It's cool. Um, I do, since we're here, and I don't know if we're going to do another garbage band, once we get through the rest of this album, I want to play our favorite garbage songs that aren't on this album. So let's keep moving here. Another big hit. Here we go. Just letting you know, Bob, we might kind of spin through some of these late tracks. That, that's fair. But we're going to give them a shot. We're going to open mind. I'm of not course, saying that no. it's a bad album or anything. Do I, you know, could you have done a better job of the vote, people? Maybe. I'm not here to say that. It's it only, wasn't my call. It's only 12 tracks, though. It's not my fault. <laughs> here we go. It's what you get. 
listen to that uh, Butch Big production. So that. much, so biggie. <laughs> Put your big on. Stupid Girl. Great song. Great song. One of the great singles by Garbage. The uh, fourth single on the album. And, uh, you know, this and Only Happen It Rains are, to me, hand in hand in terms of how big they were. This is a huge, huge summer song, as I recall. Yeah, it was. I'm just trying to remember the video to this. It was pretty cool. It was kind of like very bright colors. And she's like wearing... A super hot like mini dress and boots, kind of like '90s yes. Doc Martens, and she's kind of walking back and forth angrily. And there's a lot of uh, effects on the camera. It's a cool video, as I recall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was something so like intimidating about Shirley Manson, and it's interesting because we grew up in a town that was all Irish, right. so we were very used to um, pale blonde Irish girls, right. She's Scottish, Bob. You're about to be accidentally racist here. No, I'm not. I was going to acknowledge that she's Scottish, which is the the Canada of Ireland, right? I don't know. Maybe. No. No. I mean, you're getting into some dark waters here because we have a lot of <laughs> listeners on that side. I mean, I would like Northern Ireland would probably be like the Canada to the United States is... I don't know. Are we going to start a war? I don't want to start a war. <laughs> I was going to say, she kind of looked like the... Like a evolutionary version of the girls we went to high school with. Yeah, I mean, high school would be a lot fucking better if uh, Shirley Manson's were walking around. Evolutionary. Yeah. It was just kind of like the, oh my God, this is like the cool grown-up version of these girls that we go to high school with. I just like she was so angry in this video. And she was fucking causing trouble. (laughs) She was ready to just light somebody up. Here's something I didn't know, Bob. Train in Vain, which is Probably my favorite Clash song. You know that one? Yeah. Um, the repetitive bass line and drum sample is from Train in Vain. Which I'm, am I hearing it? Okay, yeah, I do hear the bass line. Yeah. Anyway. Very Vicky. The Clash uh, credit is the songwriter on the song for that reason. Interesting. And uh, the production was praised on this song so Butch is like this ain't all about Shirley there's something going on in my right ear in the background where it sounds like he's just like dragging like dragging something along a washboard he's doing a great job I love this guitar Mm. awesome That might be my favorite song of the album. Well, no. It's tough. Queer. It's tough. Queer is probably my favorite. I definitely like Stupid Girl more than Only Happy When It Rains. Maybe it's just like... I don't know if I do. It's a good combo. I don't know. Good combo. All right, here is uh, the next track. It's called Dog New Tricks. Dog New Tricks? Big did that thing too where it's a certain move by whites of a certain age. Mm-hmm. You start to get a little older but you want to have cool guy hair but you don't want to wear your hair long. Mm-hmm. So what guys like Vig did was they grew it about shoulder length and then they parted it right in the motherfucking middle and yeah. said I'm, the, I'm not a guy to fuck with. <laughs> is, that, is that what they were saying? And then you put on a pair of black sunglasses. And they usually pair that with a goatee. Goatee or, yeah. or, or a, a funny mustache. And like a, a light brown suede coat. I was going to say all black, but yeah, something in a dark tone for yeah. sure. 
it's not bright. You want to present yourself as a right. certain type of bad motherfucker. Yeah. Is that what is that what you're gonna do? I'm headed that way. I decided I'm going to. Uh, if I if I start losing my hair at a certain point, I'm just gonna shave my head and just mm-hmm. get strong. Anthony Edwards. Oh, you're gonna do that. I want to do like you're wait, you wait until you lose your hair to yeah. get into optimal shape. Yep. If I lose my that hair, that sounds like something that's a great idea that will never ever happen. <laughs> you're just gonna look like Matt Pinfield. <laughs> That's ultimately what I'm heading towards. Hey guys, what's up? I'm nope. a big fan of rock music. No, nope, it's like I'm gonna be in the shower. I'm gonna be in the shower one day, and I'm just gonna be like, oh, what? Oh, that's a lot of hair. All right, time to hit the gym, and then I'm just start pumping, and I'm just that's gonna be exactly like, how it's gonna the work. strong bald guy in my 40s. That's exactly how it will play out. <laughs> I'm definitely not gonna be Matt Pinfield, guys. <laughs> you're just gonna you're gonna be an aging VJ. <laughs> uh, all right, dog new tricks. Ooh, this is a saucy title. My Lover's Box. Big. Big. It's a weird band. You know, it's like, it's Manson. From Scotland. And Bob, you have your takes about what's going on over in that part of the world. Maybe you should keep it to yourself. Yeah, I'm keeping that to myself. And then the three guys that are in the band, they're all producers. Just these three Packers fans from Wisconsin. <laughs> Just like big fat cheese heads. <laughs> I got Fox better than Rogers. <laughs> um, it's not even like she got together with a bass player and a guitarist and a drummer. It's like three dudes, three button pushers, fucking nerds. <laughs> And they put together some of the biggest uh, alternative rock hits of the decade. Do you think every time she left the room, they were like, oh, my God, she was talking to me. She's so awesome. She's so She's awesome. So hot. She likes us. I think she likes us. <laughs> That's what all producers are like. If we would have got her to be in um, the Numeric Pigeons, I yeah. think that it would have been a very similar career, tra- our, career trajectory for all of us. Our beloved uh, high school band that we put together. Yeah. She would have fit in. Certainly. Wait, I want to do um, damage control earlier when we were talking about the... When you were burying Scotland? No, I'm okay with that. Oh. Earlier when we were talking about the female-led bands of the early 90s. Right. We left out Hole. I feel like somebody, we would, did have, leave out somebody would have come at us hard to be like, how did you forget Hole? You can't forget Hole. Yeah, you're right. Hole, definitely, they were a big deal. Kind of a complicated legacy. Yeah. Courtney and... Melissa Aftermarfa. Aftermarfa. Um, I like the my favorite whole album is the one that Billy Corgan wrote and performed every <laughs> yeah. song on, including the vocals. Yep, that was just auto tuned into Courtney Love's sound voice. All right, here we go. It's actually probably total. Again, you know, so, now that we're woke, Bob, and mm. we're all on board with hashtag Me Too. When you look back at some of the stuff in the '90s, like. Courtney Love had two monster albums, Live Through This, of course, mm-hmm. in 94, and then in 99, American Skin? Yeah. Something I'll make like me over. That one. The first album, she got killed because they said Kurt wrote it. The Miss World album. Right. Um, Violet, Miss World, yeah. Doll Parts. And then her other huge album, everyone said, oh, Billy Corgan wrote that. Yeah. And maybe it's true, but it kind of sounds like she's just getting thrown under the bus for being a woman in the industry. And people just said, oh, there's no way she could have done that. Well, we, a lot of we, people do hate Courtney Love, well, and maybe with good reason. So we, maybe we, we, let her, we let her murder Kurt, so it's okay that we criticize her about other stuff. I love that you're still strong in that. I'm not. <laughs> there is some docs that say she, li- she straight up did it. I know. I love that that's a conspiracy, but come on. Let's be real here. Just come on, say what you mean. You're in. No, I'm not in. I think it's ridiculous. You said she did it. I said that for comedy. Money's a money's a fucking big time motive, Bob. That is true. All right, here we go. The penultimate track off Garbage by Garbage. Fix me now. Fix me now? Fix, fix you? 
No, you not... try your best and you can <laughs> succeed. <laughs> That'd be weird. Put your big sings. Fucking producer nerd. Oh yeah, we just turn up the bass. Shut up. Turn this knob to the left and turn this knob to the right. It's like, whatever, but. Oh, we hit this button here. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Australia's just fucking destroying everything in the studio on one take. One take Jake in every song on this. And then fucking Vig, hours and days and weeks. Oh, we turn this to the left and we turn this knob to the right. And we hit this button, the red one. And then we hit the glowing white one. (laughs) And we turn this knob. Maybe a little more feedback. Maybe cigarettes. Some, uh, you know, scotch. We have a good time together. Put this one in the left ear. Put this one in the right ear. Go. And now we take this... uh, what, uh, what, 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 we take some cowbell here. We do a little cowbell in the background, and we we'll scratch some nails on the chalkboard here. Chalkboard here. Get a little pair of scissors. Put Get the me scissors a Grammy. The microphone. All right. Uh, this is fix me now. Uh, anything about? Nope. I like it. I mean, I don't not like it, but it's not like popping for me. It's not popping. Not popping. All right. Last track, milk. Let's really listen to milk, though. Okay. Yes. All right, here we go. We owe it to them and our Patreonies. Yes, we do. Song. Yeah, me too. This must have been in something. Was this on the Romeo Juliet soundtrack? That sounds right. I'm gonna look it up. wasn't in it no there's a song called number one crush actually leads off that soundtrack it's a good song too uh-huh but it's not this this does sound like something though it had to i like it something. though i like it a lot and i have to say actually this um this is kind of in the queer mode i wish this album had more kind of this kind of trip hop type moody moody yeah. with her vocals I do like this a lot I mentioned it earlier, Bob. Yeah. Name me like your favorite garbage song that's not on that album. Well, it would probably be from version 2.0. Yep. Um, I think it was special. I liked. Yeah. That was a good uh, song. I think special is one of my favorite songs, uh, alternative songs of the 90s. Really? Absolutely. I think it's like a perfect song. I'm looking at 2.0 right now. They had some great songs. I think I'm paranoid.
Did you know, Bob, that this song, Special, won a Wisconsin Area Music Industry Award for Song of the Year? <laughs> I never thought I would talk this much about Wisconsin, yeah. ever. Okay, they're back, Bob, and they just knocked off Blister in the Sun, those fuckers. I guess so. I mean, when you're taking home hardware? Yeah. Sorry. This, okay, this, the bridge of this song, I fucking love it. Let's just do it. Where is the chorus? Okay. Yeah, that is by far my favorite garbage song. And again, I, all right. it's one of my favorite songs of the 90s. I gotta throwing, say. throwing this out there. Let's just roll right into version 2.0 and just keep this podcast going. <laughs> Another hour and a half. Let's just do it. Um, I'm down if you are. I mean, this version 2.0, I think I'm paranoid, special, push it. Uh, when I grow up, those were all big songs. Yeah, I think I'm paranoid. It's huge song. Yeah. Um, there is one, again, I remember it because it was 2001 or so, and our buddy Mark, we were living together at Northeastern in college, and we were kind of plugged in on it a little bit. It's a late, actually, no, it was when we moved to Hoboken. So it was 2004. There's a song called Bleed Like Me. Oh, I remember that. Which was quite good. Let's listen to a little bit of that. They've got a lot of great songs. They're a great band. They really are. And apparently they're still together because they showed up on Monday Night Football. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's pick it, Bob. It's your turn, Bob. You deserve it. You earned this. Well, yeah. if if you think it'll make, you know, Shirley kind of notice me if I pick this, then I'm, I'm totally down to do this. What would you, if Shirley Manson, you bumped into her at a Starbucks in L.A.? Uh-huh. I'm being dead serious right now. And, and remember, your wife hates the show, hates that you're here. Does not listen ever. Does not ever listen, will never listen, has no social media imprint, so there's not going to be <laughs> any way people can reach her. Right. Um, if Shirley Manson asked you out to dinner upon a chance meeting at Starbucks, what's your answer? <laughs> so is she just picking me up? It's kind of like... Uh... Like just random sort of like. No, she's very, she's, it's very cool and mysterious and sexy. She's like, you've heard of the Beverly Hill, Hills Hilton, right? Like, <laughs> meet me there, eight o'clock. <laughs> you doing the accent isn't helping this. <laughs> meet me there, eight o'clock. <laughs> Mike Myers? <laughs> if it's not Scottish, it's crap. Now meet me there, Bob. No. Meet me, ba- <laughs> Meet me there, Bob. Eight o'clock are in gonna, front of the Hilton. Are you going to ask me riddles? That's a horrible <laughs> voice. What's your move? I, I'd probably go just to, you know, she, the nice thing to do. Would you fuck her? <laughs> Wait a minute. At the Beverly Hills? <laughs> well, you take her out to dinner, and she's actually the version of Shirley Manson that you always kind of imagine she would be. So she's, she's cheeky. Uh-huh. She's flirtatious. She's... She's funny. She's got kind of a dark sense of humor. And she, listen, she's in LA for a show, a showcase for the record company. And she's on a plane back to fucking Scotland. She's not going to say a goddamn thing. I'm sure she won't, but I don't think I can trust the listeners of the Throwback Podcast to not say a goddamn thing. So I'm going to say no. I'm not going to do it. Not going to do anything. I'm going to say thank you for the invite, Shirley. Enjoy Shirley, it. you can't be serious. <laughs> there you go. So you want to fuck me. <laughs> That's Shirley, you're kidding. She's like, did you just do an airplane job? I do. Did you just do an airplane job? It's been so much easier saying no to her thanks to your voice. 
Anytime I have to find it, I just have to channel Mike Myers. That's all it is. It's not Scott. Did you, t- did you just do an airplane joke? Just right. put Queer on the Spotify playlist and let's get on with our lives. <laughs> it's the way to go. Uh, you know what? Who the hell is going to shoot that down, Bob? Follow us on Twitter. Throwback Pod. Same handle on Instagram. Gmail. That's a way to get in touch with us. Who does email anymore? But if you want to. Yeah. If you want to be one of those guys, we get we get some good ones. Or girls. Or girls. Please. Well, I mean, come on. This is the Throwback Pod. You podcast. saw how Bob handled the Shirley Manson situation. He's a classy guy. I'm a gentleman. The Throwback Pod at Gmail. Yes. And big, again. Big thanks to the Patronis who keep this alive. Our sponsors, Pettit. Mattis, Bruno the sponsor, and all of you who put in as little as $2 a month to keep this show going. Thank you guys so much. Patreon.com slash throwback pod. All right, that's it. Till next time, the throwback pod is out burning this place down for you, Shirley. <laughs> <laughs>